Because none of these games have been close enough for him to say we've had bad breaks. They've been blowouts every time in this five game. Uh, the Jacksonville game wasn't a blowout, but would you agree that was the most lopsided three-point game you could have? With the way it went down, they're, yeah, they're they got pulling to, rabbits out of the like, hat on just fourth like down. last night. They got down so big early in the game. Okay, so they like got down three scores. How could he, I guess, look at his recent resume where, yes, they don't have losing seasons. They always win more than they lose. They never play irrelevant regular season games, but they have all these playoff flameouts or just not even making the playoffs with a winning record and think, I'm doing such a good job right now. How could anybody think that I would need a year off or need to go somewhere else? I don't know how, if you're looking at yourself and the work you're doing, honestly, you could feel that way. Because I think that I think that that insinuation might imply that he's lost his um, he's lost his passion for coaching. He's lost his 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 uh, work ethic for it. He's lost his um, like the way he craves and lives for it, like that kind of thing. I think that that's. When, when when it's put out there that he wants to take a break or take time off, I think that's the thing as a football coach that he finds to be incendiary. Like, he should feel like his results are uh, unacceptable and are unsatisfactory, but then again, has he have his actions suggested that he feels that way? No. And what I has he done? No. He wanted to keep the offensive coordinator around. He and needed the owner to step in and fire him. And I think that is why so many people, even people like me who have long said he is a very good coach who has probably, in fact, definitely, in my opinion, early in his career, middle of his career, been disrespected in this city, are so frustrated by the state of affairs now. He seems like the last guy around who looks at his team, looks at their overall level of accomplishment the last several years and goes, this is good. This is trending in the right direction. Do you mean to tell me he could look at the other guy playing quarterback last uh, last night and go, yeah, we're close with what we've got, with the way we're building our, our program here? He that, shouldn't. <laughs> but that You know what that game was last night? You ever watch a basketball game where one team has the better team, but one team has so far and away the best player, it doesn't matter? And that in that sport, it's kind of normal, right? Like a Steph Curry in college or Kobe or whatever you want to call it, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to work that way in football, even if that player is the quarterback. But lo and behold, that's what happened last night. One guy just said, hey, guys, jump on my back. I'll carry us to a win. And then he did it. If you're Mike, you've had that happen at the hands of Josh Allen. You've had it happen at the hands of Patrick Mahomes. And you've had it happen, actually, in a sense, at the hands of Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, is, is, one, still playing. is one win away from playing in the NFC Championship game. Who, by the way, was available the last two offseasons, and the Steelers didn't go after him. Now, I'm not going to – I was wrong about that. It's not like I was screaming that the Steelers needed to pursue Baker Mayfield, but still, I mean, there was a solution to their problem out there. He's only making $4 million I don't think he likes Baker, this year. though. I don't think he likes Baker. He probably doesn't like the attitude. Ah, yes, how dare a guy be extremely confident in himself at a position that practically demands it from that player. 412-928-9370. We want to hear from you after the Steelers lose another playoff game. And all kinds of questions are popping up about Mike Tomlin's future because of how he handled that question last night. Here is Oscar on the fan. Hello, Oscar. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, I just w wanted to say that I enjoy my neighbors, Kia and Mike. I live near them. And because I know that they just put in a large swimming pool with great landscaping last spring, I don't think he's going anywhere. 
Um, if that's at but you don't think that would raise the property value to put a nice pool in? Or actually, I've heard the opposite, that if you put a pool in, Chris, it'll actually bring <laughs> down the property value Oscar, of you, a home. Oscar, if you are living close enough to call them your neighbors, uh, I'm going to congratulate yep. you preemptively on all your success, because so that I. is very <laughs> much the high-rent district of Shadyside. Um, uh, but <laughs> you, better than we in this studio, would know that if you have a lot of money— Putting in a pool does not necessarily preclude you from then moving somewhere else if you are worth well into eight figures, which, of course, Mike is. So I would not suggest that if a guy puts in a big pool with very nice landscaping, that means he is married to Pittsburgh for the long haul. That's a fair point. Uh, I agree with you that uh, pools can devalue your property because <laughs> Thank of you, Oscar. maintenance. But... Um, I think regardless of that, that his voice, his message has become stale. I think it's time for new blood. Not that he's bad necessarily, but after someone is at a place for a certain period of time, whether it's as a dean of a college, whether it's as a coach of a team, it's time to bring in some new ideas and some new blood. And as much as I like him and Kia, I think it's time for him to move on with his life's work. Who was it, Bill Walsh Pony, that said 10 years, 10 years. in one spot? Yeah, yeah, I mean, Oscar, why – humor me here. Again, as somebody who was probably the, the staunchest Tomlin defender on this show for a long while, probably still am by technically. Why is it so offensive if one of the great coaches in NFL history once said, you probably need to switch up coaches every 10 years for exactly what Oscar just said there? The message just gets stale. It's nobody's fault. It just happens a lot. Why is it so offensive to suggest that that would have happened with Mike? And also in an offseason where Bill Belichick was shown the door by the Patriots after 24 years, and it looks like a guy from Pittsburgh who's won double-digit games three years in a row is going to get fired by his NFL team, and a guy from just up the road in Jamestown, New York, Nick Sirianni, who was brought to the NFL by Todd Haley, of all people, might get fired after three years in Philly when they were in the freaking Super Bowl last year. Philly, who also won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson and then fired him. Got right back, though. I just I, I do think it's odd that just calmly saying, not like foaming at the mouth, he needs to go, he sucks, he was never good, he won with cowards, but whatever. Not that, but just saying, hey, he's been very good for a long time. The message tends to get stale and it gets tough to, to keep the, the same fire is somehow offensive. The Steelers are also an anachronism because this whole conversation about his future is predicated on, on one thing, that the Steelers don't want to get rid of him. That they actually, if they had their druthers, Art would give him a contract extension and pretty much make him coach for life. And everyone that's reported about Tomlin's future has said as much. It'll be the his decision if he goes. The ball is in his court, yes. And, and guess what, Chris? That's part of the problem. I agree. That there's not even on the Steelers' end. Like, the frustration that we hear in our callers, the frustration that we hear in a man who lives... Sounds like a couple of doors down from Mike Tomlin, who's even willing to say these things about Oscar, him. Oscar, I would again congratulate you on your success, by the way. That the Steelers don't share any of that. I think They that's like a, the job he's doing. I think doing. that's a big problem. I don't think it gets mentioned enough that Art's, com- I'll call it complacency. It's is, a resistance is a, to change. They, There are two ends of the spectrum. I was having this conversation with a friend this morning, actually. The friend is a Raiders fan pony, and we know how they've been. Each end ultimate stability, ultimate constant chaos and turmoil, neither Neither one of them is good. We're brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. You can text us 
Your thoughts on the Steelers' playoff loss and what's next for the team and Mike Tomlin? Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates. Donnie, has Mike Tomlin coached his last game? You agree with Mosey? I'm actually starting to think so. Yeah, I mean. So, it, gun to it, your head, you'd say yes. Yeah, I think I would pick yes right this moment. Wow. I mean, it would still be something kind of like last week whenever the Nick Saban news broke. Like, that was truly a shocking development. Same kind of thing here. Like, the Belichick thing. So, what made you flip? We kind of saw how that played out. What made you flip? I mean, I, I think everything adding up to what we got last night, him walking off the podium, I mean, you, you guys said it, and I I also had the same thought of he he knew that would make way more of a statement, him walking off the podium in disgust than just saying, hey, guys, I'm not going to answer that right here and right now. I mean, coaches, especially him, deflect questions like there's nobody's business. But I think it's because he, he very at, easily just said that. But I think he looked at that as an insult, and, and it sounds like you think – it was uh, you've like you figured out coaches what's get, going on with me. Coaches like you, literally you get asked me. that around the league every single, like all, almost every single time they speak. It's a boiler. It it's is. a boilerplate question. If there is any any speculation whatsoever about your future or if you are perceived to be on a hot seat. Now he's not the latter, but there's been plenty of speculation about his future, fueled by. His very well-known friend in the media. Plus, yeah, that that was something big to me, which is why that, I mean, maybe I'm wrong to connect those dots, but I thought this these rumors don't get out there without him because we all know that he's good friends with Jay Glazer. But you thought we last know, week that was to get more money from the team. Sure. We all know that Schefter is tight with every single agent in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why that got out there. It wasn't us. It wasn't the bad media. It wasn't the evil media. It wasn't any of the reporters out there that go to the press conferences. It was Mike Tomlin why that rumor got out there. And last night, he gets asked about his future. Before the question even gets out, it's like the guy that buzzes the answer into jeopardy before the whole question's done. His ass was off the stage. He was already walking through the door, and Bert had to follow him. I tried to put myself in those shoes. If I was really going to leave, I don't think I would have handled it that way, though. I think I would have given the, like, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We just lost a football game. Even if on the back of my mind I knew that I was going to be done. Why wouldn't you have handled it that way? What would have been your specific reason for not handling it the way he Because did? if that's really how I feel, why should I be insulted by the question? Why should the question bother me? If it's accurate... Because you don't like the person who asked the question? So you guys do. So then you think if it was from anybody else who would have I think gotten, there's a chance that if Jerry Dulac asks that question, for example. Or he even, gives a thoughtful not even non-answer? A thoughtful, not even a thoughtful answer. If he just says, hey, you know, you know, doing like that kind of exasperated tone that he does. Hey, come on, guys. We just, you know, the game wrapped up 15 minutes ago. We're still smarting over this loss. So it's personal animus towards Brooke. Yeah, and I think we have plenty of evidence that that's not like me just spitballing here. No, I don't. Here. No, I, I, I've said that right from the very beginning. I would go so far as to say that Brooke does a very professional job. I think she does a very good job. I think he's very unprofessional towards her on a regular basis. I think it is a very bad look for him on a regular basis, the way he treats her questions. Whether it's giving a short, terse answer to a completely fair question, not answering a question, walking away from a question, I think the way he treats uh, Brooke is embarrassing to him. And frankly, beneath the standard of like conduct 
that I think he would hold himself to. If he really is going to leave, I think he's done a pretty good job of keeping it secret from his players because I don't think Hayward makes the comments today that he did if he, in his heart of hearts, think Mike's coached his last game. What if Cam just doesn't know yet? Well, that's what I mean. He's done a good job of keeping it from his own guys. From being around him, they don't get that sense, even with the reports and rumors that are out there. I think it could also be a case where Mike is maybe leaning one way, is going to talk to his family, and then it would make sense that he wouldn't really tip any his hand to his players because he might not have an opinion yet to tip to them before he talks to his family. I know that a football locker room is a special place. It's like sacred bonds. There's stuff your family probably doesn't know about you that guys in that room do, you know, what you're thinking. But I would think in this kind of case, his wife would know and his kids would know before any player on that team would know. Here is Tim in the North Hills. Hello, Tim. Hey, guys. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to get your perspective as media members. Uh, for, for me as a casual fan, it seems like Mike is almost disrespectful at times towards local media. And then for the national guys, you know, he does the dog and pony show. You know, the, the, and I think that's why you hear the leader of men uh, quotes and, and, you know, the sort of, you know, oh, he, you know, he's such a great guy and he's so fun to talk to, like Rich Eisen said. But, I mean, I, I can't believe the way, he, Chris, and I'm so glad you said this, I can't believe the way he treats Brooke prior specifically um, on a daily basis. It, it, it's, it, it's so cringy and it's, it's upsetting as a Steelers fan because while I disagree with him, on a lot of his schematics and maybe his personnel decisions, I've always considered him a good guy and, and someone that, you know, I would hold to a higher standard than that. So I, I don't know if you guys are seeing the same thing, but I'll, I'll hang up well, and the listen broad, to what you have. The broad point that Tim made that he's much more chummy with the national media by and large, I think is 100% true. I think it's a value judgment by him. He knows that he can get more with less. You give a couple nice quotes, you do a nice interview every so often to big national names. Yep you're going to get preference. I mean, when Rich Eisen was jousting with the city of Pittsburgh, it, it took like a humiliating loss to the Colts for Eisen to even start offering criticism. He knows he can get a lot more out of those people with a lot less effort than it would take to be like real chummy with the local it, media. If I had the same opinion as you guys on Tomlin, I would have started the show much differently today and I would be in a much better mood. Because I would feel like even though it's on his own terms and it's of his own volition, we're actually going to get what this organization needs, requires. And that's something new. That's a major substantive change. And that might mean we get an offensive coach in here who is able to make chicken salad out of Kenny Pickett. Or, because of the way that the Steelers kowtow to coaches, is given the authority to come in here and get his own quarterback. So if I were you two guys, I'd actually be in a great mood today. I mean, I think because we just watched the end of a very stale book last night. Well, a very... Okay, I don't feel a hundred percent like I definitely watched it. I feel slightly above fifty percent. If you feel slightly above fifty percent about a team's chances to win the game, I'd be I'd are be you going gung ho? No, but I'd be cautiously optimistic that better days are ahead for them. The reason, I guess the reason that I am maybe cautiously optimistic, but only to that degree, is because I wonder if even with a new coach, if the owner would say, we are bringing back the quarterback that we drafted in the first round, and your first order of business is to, at bare minimum, try to get something more out of if him. If they, if next year, the Steelers' coach-quarterback combination 
was Bobby Slowick and Kenny Pickett. I would love that because I would look at it like Slowick is going to give Kenny a one-year audition, and if it doesn't work, we're going to trust this offensive guru to go get us a quarterback in the draft. And at that point, he could go to Art and say, I tried it for a year, Art. It still didn't work. We got to go get someone else. Just, just I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Just because I like hypotheticals, would you rather it be Bobby Slowick and Pickett or Bobby Slowick and Mason on like a two-year deal? Just hypothetically. I kind of think it's unfair because I think with I think with Pickett, I think with Mason, you get both. I don't see any – I think there's a 0.0 chance. I would bet every dollar in my bank account that Kenny's on the team next year. Every dollar I have. He's not going anywhere. It's just a matter of is he the starter or is he the backup. How much money would you bet that Mason's on the team next year? Not a lot. I think it's a one or the other situation, and they're going to defer to the first-round pick. On this day after another Steelers early exit from the playoffs, it's Pony and Muller brought to you by the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. See what they can do for you. 412-928-9370. TJ Watt just commented on Mike Tomlin's future. You'll hear that in just a few minutes. Here is Isaac on the fan. Hello, Isaac. Isaac? Sayonara. Lou in Staten Island on the fan. Hello, Lou. Hey, fellas. What's up, man? Hey. Guys, you know, this shouldn't be a surprise. It's the same old retread story. You've been calling out the stats. Let me ask you guys a quick question, right? In my opinion, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only organization in the entire NFL that would not fire this coach. He's 0-5 in his last five playoff games. And let's just be honest. We all know he's a defensive coordinator, correct? Yes. Okay. 48, 45, 42, 37, 31. If a defensive coordinator, if that was his official title, they would have fired him, right? If that was his job and that's his domain and that's what he's in charge of a defense, sure. I mean, we've seen teams go to championship games and fire coaches for it, bad big exactly. game performances. It, it, right, right, exactly. So this is what I, comes down to me, and I'm, I'm just so over it. I'm not even mad. If you tell, I'm not even yelling because I expected what to happen. Anybody who watches this team has a clue and likes to bet a little bit, and I think you guys do. It was obvious what was going to happen. I'm 1,400 miles away. You bet Bill's tight ends, you bet props, and you bet touchdowns with tight ends. And what did we watch? Exactly what we were going to see. The man, his message is stale, everybody. Enough with backing this up. I've been calling it for years. You know it. The only thing that will keep this man's job is the gross incompetence of this owner or the gutless nature of this owner. It's so obvious. Well, what's your prediction on that? Because I think he's staying. I think that's why he stormed out last night. He knows that, and he wanted to let everybody know that he thought it was an insult that his, uh, yeah. his desire to coach was even being called into question. I'll answer it in a second, but nobody mentioned two other things. A punter on the Bills tore his hamstring is better than the guy who he drafted. Correct. Okay. His timeout usage in the first half was deplorable. He had three timeouts. The Bills were looking to run the ball into the line. He refused to call any of them. I don't care if it's Josh Allen or not. And they're getting, the ball, the, start, and they're the, getting the ball to start the second half. Exactly. Big hole. He lived yeah. in now his I'm gonna, fears. Now I'm going to you a question, That wasn't Andrew. scared money doesn't make money. That was living in your fears right there. A hundred percent. Nobody wants to talk about that. But when you pay attention to the team, like we all have for years, that's what he does. But to, but to your previous point, Lou, 
I'm not even in the mood to scream and yell about that because it happens all the time. I'm just, I'm numb to it, man. I'm just used to it. And me too, but it just drives me crazy, okay? But I'll answer your question, Andrew, and this is what I really believe because I rewinded it and watched it 15 times. I think he's so obnoxious, he felt that the question should not even have been asked. And that's how much he's obnoxious. Like he's, he's 0-5 in his last five playoff games, gives up a ton of points, and hasn't gotten a contract extension for the first time in how many years, and he feels that that question is out of base. It's nuts. He didn't answer the question because he thought, and he has a problem with her. You're right. It's very obvious. You, I know her voice, Brooke Pryor. She actually has some guts. She asked some pretty damn good questions. He didn't answer it because, not because, and listen, Cam Hayward, I love him. Win a playoff game, Cam. Stop backing a guy who you don't win with when the counts. Don't tell me you're beating up teams that you should be beating up in the regular season. When the money's on the line, how many playoffs wins has Cam Hayward had? I think it's zero, he's been maybe field, one. He's been on the field for one, and that was the Bengals debacle. That's the only one. Right. So, honestly, guys, I mean, he didn't answer that question because of what I just said. And we're going to see if the owner, for the first time, my goodness, guys, is going to have the courage. Even if he doesn't want to. Lou, I mean, I, the, thanks for calling in from where you are, buddy. But it, that's everybody who has reported on this has the same exact opinion. If Mike leaves, Steelers, it really will be his own volition. The Steelers love him. And honestly, now that I say that out loud again, I'm pretty sure that is actually the story here. Regardless of what of what ends up happening in your Chris, your own uh, gut instinct on, on what Tomlin decides to do, and my own inference from what the press conference makes, what what the press press conference meant, which seems to not be debatable or disputable, is that the Steelers don't look at what happened again yesterday or how this season went as some kind of problem. They don't. So I guess they look at it and, and Mike, think we trust. On, well, no, they look at it and think we are. If you don't think it's a problem, I want to be very clear, then you as an organization, as an owner specifically, think that you are on the right track. See, brief list of quarterbacks that you will almost certainly every year have to go through in the AFC. Ready for it? I don't want to hear it because it's just going to make me even more depressed than I already am, but go ahead. Josh Allen will start in the AFC East. I'll just start with Josh Allen in the AFC East. Yep. Next year, I have no idea if this guy's going to be any good. You will have to deal with Aaron Rodgers being a, a player on a team that has had a good roster for a long time. Joe Burrow comes back from his injury. Two, I don't even think two is that good, but they were one win away from being the two seed. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson. I know you don't like Lamar. He's about to be a two-time MVP. They are probably right now, at worst, the second betting favorite to win it all, if not the betting favorite. And if they're not... It's only because the AFC is seen as being more difficult. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. I don't, I'm not even going to say Deshaun Watson. Yep. But that team just managed to get to the same part of the playoffs you did with 38-year-old Joe Flacco. C.J. Stroud. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Anthony Richardson looked like he was going to be pretty good as a rookie, especially given how raw he was supposed to be Mahomes. before he got hurt. Mahomes. Justin Herber Herbert. With a new coach who might be competent. Better than the last one for sure. How many did I just name? Nine? The only teams that you didn't name are Denver. The Raiders. The Raiders. The Browns. The Titans. The Browns only because I was I'm up in the air on Watson, but he has a pedigree that's more than anything on the Steelers roster. And the uh, Patriots. Chris, they're... Who are, by the way, going to go and get a new quarterback and have their coach already in place. Chris, they're in the have-nots, is what they are. 
What and, people, I've seen people call it the mushy middle NFL purgatory. Yeah, they're but, closer to hell it's, in it's, the NFL well, it's, than it's, not. It's, it's the old Jerry West thing. Jerry West, who was the architect of championship teams, the West Virginia basketball legend, said, as a as a front office man, you'd either want you either want to be one of the eight best teams in in the league or one of the eight worst, and everywhere else sucks. That's the worst place to be. I've got good news. You though, either want to be great. Or you want to be awful. I've got good news. That's the way that professional sports are built. They're actually closer to one of the eight worse than they are anything because only, what is it, eight teams, I guess, uh, have not won a playoff game since the Steelers last won one. Can you even figure out which teams those are? The Dolphins, the Raiders. The Jets. The Jets. The Commanders. That's four. The Panthers? No, they've won one. Have they? No, no they, they haven't. haven't. They haven't. Not the since 2015. Yeah. Broncos. Same deal. Super Raiders. Bowl, right? I mean, it's just a, it's an ugly list, man. 